Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Limitation is Memorized podcast. On this episode, I have a superhuman guest in Eric Everhard. Eric is a porn star or retired porn star. I'm not sure if you're retired just yet, but I will find out. Uh, he also helps people to master the bedroom. I think the saying that I read somewhere that I liked was uh, master the bedroom like you master the boardroom. I thought that was awesome. Um, I can't remember where I've seen it, but um, I've read your book, Unleash Your Sexual Superpowers, a porn star's guide to sexual mastery. So I'm pretty sure I'm awesome in the bedroom as well now uh, at this stage. Uh, so please welcome my guest. And Eric, could you give a little brief intro in case what I rambled isn't <laughs> clear enough for people? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, well, brief, brief about myself. Uh, I'm an author, <laughs> men's coach, and a professional porn star. And now I work with men by teaching them elite level sexual skills so that they can master the bedroom like they dominate the boardroom. Oh, and close. Yeah, yeah, close, close. <laughs> and yeah, you know, for me, basically, after having gone through this crazy journey and crazy, I almost call it human experiment that has been the porno business, uh, I learned a lot and I learned a lot about humanity, psychology, um, and sexuality. And, you know, you're, you're, you're put into this science experiment that most normal people would never experience or would necessarily need to experience, right? But you're thrown into this crazy world where now you've got so much opportunity to experiment and to really figure out, you know, what actually functionally works with women, what functionally works for you, you know, and we're talking about removing the theoretical elements that you get in cosmopolitan or you get in this book, you get in this. I didn't read any of that. I was boots on the ground, 10,000 hours on my back or more, um, <laughs> you know, putting in, putting in the work to figure this stuff out. And so after that journey, that's now what I'm giving back to men so that they can have that in their lives and have it from not some pseudo theoretical place, but real honest, functional boots on the ground, practical tips, advice, tactics. I love the idea of like you just mentioned cosmopolitan and stuff. And there's always those 10 ways to make your love life better, 10 ways to whatever. And you're like, this is somebody just typing up stuff. Whereas you've actually done this. Like, is it like over 4,000 or over 5,000 women you've like in your yeah, career? 5,000 plus or minus 500. Yeah. So whenever you talk about it, um, this is the schoolboy in me, but you have proof of it too. So no way everyone will be like, oh, I've been with like 30 women in class. Yours is on camera. So yeah. 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 And, and, and to be fair, um, you know, I think uh, if you go on IAFD, it's like, I think they list me, you know, and these are rough listings, but they do have it all mapped out. I think it's like, I don't know if it's, 2500 or 2600 scenes that they have calculated um then you have well that's not always one person in the scene um for example uh i did a movie this was in 2000 which was called the world's luckiest jock and it was me and 101 women yeah so <laughs> you know when we start looking and start we start putting the numbers together that that's where we get to that approximate figure based on how many scenes that i did each year because my, my first year I did 200 scenes. That was probably the least amount that I ever did in my first year. So, you know, you can, you can start to do the math. Yeah. 
the the hundred and one in one go would definitely reinforce that when you teach people how to last longer like well mm -hmm. like 101 is like that's more than most of, i was gonna say that's more than most of get in their life and then my brain recalculated and was like that's like way more people wouldn't even fathom that number yeah. in in general life i suppose that the most basic question you probably get asked this a million times is how did you end up in porn like how did you get there yeah well for me it was a combination of things so first i was previously going um, to massage therapy school so i was training to be a licensed massage therapist and on lunch break go in the lunchroom i'm eating my lunch and they had these newspapers that had what's going on in the city local band listings all of these types of things <laughs> and so i picked up a newspaper and i was just thumbing through it and turning the page turning the page turning the page and then all of a sudden i see this ad and it's about four inches by four inches and in this ad they're looking for women and couples to do a porno movie and i'm like i'm living in canada at the time in vancouver and it's like this is like you've never heard of this before like it's like yeah. shock and awe i'm like oh my god and previously i used to date this girl and she used to joke with me because sometimes we, we would watch porno movies together and she would say well you know you, you're well hung you you could do porno and i'm like yeah thanks sweetheart sure sure whatever right? ego stroking because you thought ego stroking <laughs> right so i didn't give it too much thought but then when I saw the ad in the back of my mind, I was like, wait a second. She always said you'd be good at that. And so it got, it really got my attention and I called them up. Of course, they abruptly hung up on me, um, which I understood as I became a veteran in the space, you know, back then this predates Viagra. See it like there is, you know, it's you and your penis and your mind. And that was it. And 99.9% .9 of guys that would show up failed. So the companies don't want to take a risk on you. That's why when you look at any old porn footage, you'd always see the same 10 guys because they were the same 10 guys that could do it. Yeah. That's the reality. Um, minus the other characteristics that would make an actor famous. Mm -hmm. Right. There was, I always looked at it. There was five things that I discovered. If you want to be world famous, you know, you had to be able to get an erection on command within ideally two minutes of being told to, um, you need to be able to uh, ejaculate, produce an orgasm again, when told to not before, and ideally within about a minute and a half of being told, um, you need to be, you don't need to be hung like a horse, but you can't be tiny Tim. You need to be above average, above mm -hmm. average, right? Just because you're creating a visual medium. Uh, you need to be decently good looking, you know, not, not Brad Pitt, but if you're like Skeletor, it's not, it's not going to be attractive. And <laughs> the A-list <sighs> girls are not going to want to work with you. And then the last most important one was you need to be able to bring something to the scene with the woman and bring something out of her that would not have existed if you specifically weren't in the scene. And that that was very particular to the American marketplace. That's what the Americans liked. They wanted the chemistry. And if you could go and if you could make that girl forget that there was 20 people standing around, that there was a lighting crew, that there was the director, the makeup artist, the catering, she could forget all of that for like an hour and just be with you and, and have a good time. Then you, you did your job. 
if you had all those five criteria, you, you could be a superstar. The, the fifth one is the most intriguing. And I would imagine the one that, that would work in real life as well, more than anything. The fact that you're creating that connection that they forget, like, you don't want to be sleeping with someone that's thinking, fuck, when this is over, I need to go and do the washing. All right. And like, are you, gonna, are you finishing up yet? So is there any way that you were creating that connection? Were, were you doing it? I suppose, were you doing it consciously? Or was it just who you are as a person? Mm, I think a lot of it is is conscious because what I noticed, and this is one of the things that I take into my teaching with men, you do need to understand that the benefit of being thrown into that situation, imagine this, I show up, I meet Susie or Jill or Jackie, whoever it is that day, they're sitting in the makeup chair. I shake her hand. Hi, my name's Eric. 20 minutes later, we're having sex. So, so there's, there's no discussion about, hey, no real discussion about, you know, what, what is the exact thing I need to do to get you off? Like none mm -hmm. of that is happening, right? So you're being thrown in this situation and you're learning, first of all, that well, people talk about this all the time, that body language is 93% of communication and you know what you say is 7%. And it might be 99 when you're talking sexual, right? Mm -hmm. Their yeah. body will tell you everything that's working and everything that's not working. The problem is most guys don't know how to decode what the body is saying. So they don't know the signs to look for. They don't understand the cues that are given off by a woman's body. So they're not able to effectively work with the woman in the bedroom to get her off. And so you learn really quickly, you get thrown all these different bodies and you start to metaphorically see the matrix in the sense of you see the overarching principles by which all women's bodies operate. Mm -hmm. And once you kind of see that, now it's like, okay, well, the, the principles never change. It's just the application of the principles that do. Yeah, I and love so that. then you, you, you start seeing that and, and then it becomes quite easy or, or very relatively easy to get women off. And you so you start in the moment you're figuring out them in real time. And that doesn't require any talking. That's just feeling. That's mm -hmm. feeling and sensation. And that's being tuned into what you're feeling and know, first of all, what, what it is you're supposed to be feeling for and then being able to feel it. I have two questions based on that. Um, I love that idea of the overarching. So that reminded me, you were saying that you were in massage school and I was a kinesiologist for 14 years. And that's how I would have seen bodies. I would look at people and go, like like you're saying, like the matrix. I, I, I used to probably come across almost robotic at the start because I would look at the body and scan it and be like, right, this is how everything works, but this is a wee bit off and this is off. So if I do this, this, and then as you're working with the body, you feel it adjust and move and what you need to do. So you're... Do you think having a massage, because I would always say to couples, I think that every couple should learn proper massage so that one, they can massage each other, but two, they become more connected and more aware of how the body's reactive and how it works. So do you think massage helped you in that when you had the understanding of how the body worked? I don't think massage helped me. What massage did, that experience was open my mind to the level of sensitivity you could have with things mm -hmm. because we had a number of um, you know elite level practitioners that were the teachers 
and literally they had de de developed such sensitivity in their hands that they could put their hands on somebody and they could feel the inflammation. They could feel where something was out of place. They could feel all the, the ligaments, the muscles, they could feel the, all the, the different um, bony landmarks. They could feel all this stuff with their fingers. It was like they were penetrating layers and layers deep, almost like an x-ray machine, but with their hands. And mm -hmm. you know, you put your hands on somebody and you're like, I don't know what I'm feeling for here. I just need skin, <laughs> right? And they're like, no, don't you feel this? Blah, blah. So it was just a level of sensitivity. And that's what I took away from that. Because when I, when I talk about, especially getting women off, and when I, I go into the, the, the oral techniques that I use, a huge part of it is utilizing what I call your tongue compass to get that same level of sensitivity, because that is you know, if the massage therapist is putting their hands on somebody and being able to feel all those layers deep with their hands, well, you need to be feeling the, the clit and what it's telling you with your tongue. But the sensitivity level becomes the same thing because some guys get down there and like, I don't feel anything. I'm like, no, no, trust me. You, let's go deeper, right? Like, let's, let's yeah. hone in on the sensations because that little, that little fleshy nub is going to tell you absolutely everything that's going on. You know, if you, if you can just, if you can just start to decode what it's telling you. Do you think, so then my second question was about like your being, being present and it fits with what you're saying about going down there. Do you think guys are, are less present because they're trying not to come the whole time? They're like so inwardly focused. Well, I, I think they're inwardly focused totally for a number of different reasons. Um, and this is where I've noticed the, the, the two evils sort of coalesce into each other a lot too. You know, you get guys where they have the performance anxiety mm -hmm. where they're stressing about, are they going to get hard? And then you have guys that are suffering from the premature ejaculation anxiety where they're sitting there and they're stressing about, oh, am I going to last long enough? So usually you have a combination of both. At first, they're like, oh, God, I hope I get hard. I hope I this. Oh, I hope I don't come. Like, I hope, I hope, I hope. Yeah. I have said many times the two worst thoughts you could ever have are I hope. Because even if we look at that structure, you're, you're, you're presupposing in that language that things are going to go south. Yeah. Right? So you're already seeding. Like before anything has happened, you're seeding doubt. And the problem with that, let's take, for example... The idea of, you know, if you're saying, well, I hope I get hard. If you don't get hard, like in the first five seconds, then after you've said that, you've just confirmed your belief. And now yeah. you're like, oh my God, here we go again. It's not, it's happening again. And the tsunami of the thoughts and the adrenaline and everything, it's just, you, you get that domino effect just rolling. Mm -hmm. Now that's tough to get out of because you just keep confirming your own beliefs. So that's really difficult. So I think to go back to your question, yeah, you, you guys are totally in their thoughts all the time. And that's one of the biggest problems because, well, for you to be able to feel these things, you need to be absolutely present and you need to create what I call in your mind, white noise. Mm -hmm. you know, I, that was my, my, my great analogy because I had this photographer years ago. He watched me perform. And he came up to me when the scene was all done and he looks at me, he's like, that was incredible. So what were you thinking when you were having sex with that girl? And I just looked at him. I was like, nothing, not a goddamn thing. Like, 
what am I supposed to be thinking about? Yeah. And he was kind of like, he, he didn't have an answer for it. And I was like, and, and I really thought, I mean, you, maybe you remember the old poltergeist movies, right? Where yeah. it's like the little girl and she puts her hands on the TV screen and it's all static. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what's going on in my mind. It's just static. There's nothing. You know, it's like what I call white noise. It's like, there's not a, because what, what should I be thinking about? Right? Like sex is not a thinking act. Sex is a doing act. Mm. Sex is a being act, you know, but, but, but being and, and doing are not thinking. So whenever you were like before you're saying you were dating someone before you became a porn star, when you were having sex before porn, were you having the white noise as well? Are we just not aware of it? Or is this something you developed or is it something you had? I think in a lot of ways, it was something that I had. Um, and it was fascinating because when I, when I wrote my first book and I was sitting there and I was decoding, like what were the things that had allowed me to be one of the best in the world at what I did? Right. Because, you know, I've, I've seen all the guys in the business and I've seen even guys that are some of the best of the best fail, have bad days, um, get messed up site, you know, from a psychological perspective where they, they couldn't perform. Uh, I've, I've seen it all. And I thought, well, what was it that, that made me able to circumvent all that? And one of it, early on was irrational self-belief like that was the big one when I when I think about the first scene because people often ask me they're like man like your first scene because first scene I had no problem right mm -hmm. and I said to them well it was kind of funny because I was 21 years old when I did my first scene and it was sort of sprung on me in a little bit like I showed up to a casting thinking that they were just going to take some photos of me because you know I'd been bugging them forever and instead I knock on the door and they're like, you know, is this off the back of that newspaper article you just read? Yeah. 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 Same. I people. love that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and they, they open the door and they're like, are you Mitch? I'm like, yeah. And then they, they say, hey, do you have sex with a girl right now? And I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I was, and there happened to be an actress who was hanging out at their studio before I got there. So I was there, she was there. And they thought, you know what, we'll take a gamble on this kid. And it was, and it was, and like I said, it was for me, it was no problem. But I, I thought about that, like, well, why was it no problem? And I really realized I never thought that I wouldn't get hard mm. because my default state was so ingrained in me. Like I'd been masturbating for years, never struggled masturbating a day in my life. Right? <laughs> Me by myself has never had a bad <laughs> So I, there was no concept. Like it wasn't even on my map that you could. Yeah. Right. It wasn't even on my map. So sure. Was I nervous? Yes. Was I able to, able to overcome the nerves? Absolutely. And then, you know, and then as I got older and I got into the business and of course, you know, you would get put in situations that were really anxiety producing. And then I would learn, okay, well, you know, first of all, there's all these different ways that I can either increase my self-belief. So I would do that. I would create positive feedback loops. I would do that. And then I'd be also reaching back in the metaphorical cookie jar. 
understanding, okay, like here, I know how my body works. I've been, I've been with me since I was born. Right. So yeah. I know how it works. So if it's not doing that, I know it's a one-off. So I don't even make it where it becomes some existential crisis in my life. Like, okay, we're, we're struggling a little bit today. Okay. No problem. What can we do now to mitigate it? Do I need to change positions? Do I, I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Like what, what available options do I have where I can get agency and, and, you know, take the, take the reign of the beast, so to speak. And what I learned also, which I think was kind of fascinating about hard-ons, like it still is part of your body Mm -hmm. and you can will it to do a lot of things. Yeah. Like, like, I've, I've been there in situations where when it was all said and done, I was even shocked at myself. I'm like, how the hell did I pull that off? Right. Cause I was almost like, this is impossible. And then it's like, no, you can push your body. You, yeah. you, you believe you can push. I mean, I remember this was funny. I was, I was uh, on a beach in um, Dominican Republic. And I'm working for a producer. We had flown all the way out to Dominican Republic and we're on this beach and we got the girl and we're going to do, we're going to do the, 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 the pop shot, you know, the come shot of the film. So she's, uh, he moves her out into the water. So she's like, her knees are in the water. Beautiful, you know, Sandy beach, beautiful background. And so he's like, okay, whenever. And I said, okay, ready. And so, you know, blam, we do the shot and the girl moves at the time that it's happening. So of course, instead of getting this pristine background, like the, the light changes. And so he gets all blown out. Right. So yeah. it just goes totally white. We see nothing. He's like, Oh God. He's so he's frustrated. Right. And he, he looks at me. He's like, okay, Everhard, can you do a second one? I said, okay, give me a minute. Right. So I'm like, okay. Focus, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Bam. Number two. And this is within five minutes. Right. Yeah. So then he looks down at the camera, takes off his hat, stomps on the ground, screaming like, fuck, oh my God, I was on pause. <laughs> so what had happened was he never shut the camera off. So when he turned the camera thinking he turned it on, he actually turned it off. Uh... So he's stomping around. He's just furious. And then I just, I remember just looking at him. I was like, I said to him, it was funny because he still remembers the words to this day when we talk about it. I said, Mike get me my lube. Don't worry. <laughs> and he was like, and he ran to the beach. He got the bottle of lube and blah, blah, blah. And I just sat there. It was like another five minutes. And I was like, okay, you ready? Ready. And so then we did, we did the third one. So it was, you know, it's like, and, and you know, that third one, I'm reaching deep in my body to say, okay, I know you don't want to do this. No <laughs> part of my body wants to do this. But we got to do this. Like, you know, like this has to happen. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same thing with any sort of you know, performance athletics, you know, you look at, I mean, I'm sure marathon runners get 20, 30, 40% of the way. And they're like, I'm going to die. And then the wall, and then they're able to shift it and be like, no, you know what? Yeah, sure. I want to die, but body's still alive. I can still push this thing. You know, it's just like my mind has to push the body forward because your mind's always going to give up before your body does. Yeah. I think in, in, 99.9% of situations, you know, you, you rarely see the person, you know, and those people I will say are 
magical. I remember I was watching a UFC fight. This was like probably 15 years ago. And I think it was, I think it was Tim Sylvia. I believe that was the, that was the fighter. He was the champion and somebody got him in an arm bar and he refused to let go until the arm snapped in half and you watch it break on film. And then it's like, Whoa, fight's over. But I was like, (laughs) you think about that mental fortitude. Like he had to know it's going. And he's like, Nope, not tapping. Not going to do it. Yeah. We don't tap yet. I will overcome this. Yeah. So the, the power of the mind is, 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 is strong, especially, in the sexual arena, it's just, I think a lot of people don't know how to tap into it. So again, two questions on that. The first one is, do you think, because most guys listening to this now will be like, fuck, he came three times. You only can come once. Cause there's a belief that when you come, your dick goes down that you're finished and then you can't come again. Like, and you'll hear people say, oh, I need like macho people. I need about 20 minutes and you're just describing three and in, in five. So my first question is, do you think a lot of people just believe that you come, you're done? And then my second question, which is is related, but how did you get that mental fortitude to do it? Is it, you seem quite competitive, like you wanted to be the best, you're landing in. So was that a competitiveness, a stubbornness, or just a, a wanting to do a good job where you're like, fuck, I'll do it again because I want the I want this to be done right? Like. So I know that's a lot of questions in one go, but yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would say it's there's, there's definitely. I mean, I've always been a hyper stubborn person, um, but then I'm exceptionally, I'm an exceptional loyal team player. So it's like if we're, if the if the job is on the line, I will do everything in my power to make sure that it, like, it's not going to be because I failed. Yeah. Right. If something, something doesn't happen, something works, it's going to be on somebody else, but it's not going to be because I didn't give it everything that I had, mm-hmm. you know? And if, if I, if I honestly believed I couldn't do it, that'd be one thing. But, you know, like I said, I, I, when it comes to that, I always have that, that, that belief that I can, and as long as that window of belief is there, I'm willing to, to push my body to, to make sure I can. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's also, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately um, in, my, in my writings and teachings, you know, there's this, there's this part of um, you, you're, you're, you're sitting there and you, you think, well, okay, I'm, I'm, I can't get this together. I'm struggling. And if you, if you keep pushing and you intimately have learned your body, and this is the key part, like, you know, because, because a lot of guys, what I've found, they don't really know their bodies that well, right? Like we, we don't really know hey, what are the metrics behind our bodies? And I think if you intimately start to understand that, you know, okay, well, you know, what is it actually that gets me hard? Like, have I just been blindly jerking off? Or have I really been like, you know what, if I do it like this, this works much better than if I do it like this? Or, you know, what about positions? Does this position work better than another position? You know, what about 
uh, XYZ. I mean, there's so many other different factors where you can really start to learn about your own body. And as soon as you know how your body works, well, now you can go out into the world with that. Mm-hmm. And now you can go out there and like create, you know, create that kind of magic because you, th- you can think to yourself, well, okay, you know what, if I do this technique and I do um, this way of masturbating that I, I've fundamentally learned through lots of practice, I know <laughs> I've got that real chance to, 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 to make this happen. Then I can go out and do it. You know, it's, it's if we, even if we're thinking about the guys that are like, well, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, produce an orgasm three minutes later. Well, have you tried? Yeah. Did you ever actually run an experiment? And did you ever say, you know what, what if I do this during that refractory period? Hmm, Maybe I could find a way to overcome that refractory period. But most people, you know, it's one and done. And then they're just like, well, that's how it is. Well, that may not be how it is, but you haven't stepped into navigating that new experience and and trying out well you know what if i try this position what if i you know don't let all the blood go down can i keep the blood in and then can i circumvent that moment where the blood is supposed to go down you know these are all things right it's it's you know blood flow is much easier to keep than to get yeah so there's all these different sort of strategies that where we can we can legitimately use them to overcome these issues um and, and, and they're, they're available for everybody. It's just, it's just, I think most people, they're just, just not thinking that strategic in their sex life, which is sort of a shame when I look at how important sex is to people. Yeah. Like everybody wants, you know, everybody wants sexual mastery. Everybody wants to be a, you know, quote unquote porn star. It's like, well, are you doing what it takes to be that? Mm-hmm. Like what's what's the the most famous sport where you're at? Gaelic soccer. Gaelic. Soccer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's let's use soccer. I can't imagine that anybody out there would be saying like, "Hey, you know what? I can I can sit on the couch all day, eat Cheetos, um, get fat, never do anything, and go compete with Ronaldo." Yeah. Like they're probably like, "No, you know what? If I was to be a pro soccer player." I probably have to take the habits and strategies and tips and everything that pro soccer players use. So to say, everybody says, I want to be this wonderful person in bed, but I don't want to put in any effort whatsoever to achieve this is a little ludicrous because again, we're talking about a part of your body that you are born with, but it doesn't mean that you have the function and the agency over it as someone who's really training it and working with it. It's the same thing. Like, Hey, I got a pair of legs. I can't do some weird windmill kick of a soccer ball and all this stuff. I have legs too. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well you got a penis. I got a penis. Well, what's making the difference? Mm-hmm. You know, Ronaldo has legs. I got legs. Sorry. I'm not outrunning him. Not by a long shot. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause if you said it, if you use the same analogy, about a bicep, all guys would, tell you how to work your bicep even people that do not exercise at all would know oh you do bicep curls and that gives you a bigger bicep you're like well maybe if you can train your bicep you can train other muscles you can train your cock to do something you can train it's about that awareness so do you think it's maybe a bit of if i don't try i can't feel so it's not my fault so this isn't something i have control over so whereas now you're teaching people well yes you do 
So, yeah, I think it's, it's a big part of, and that's where the mental aspect compounds the problem, right? Because it's not just something solitary. Yeah. Right. Like it, it means so much more, you know, if you, you go to the gym, right? Like I'm a, I'm a gym guy. I always have been right. But like I go there and I, let's say I try the 50 pound, 60 pound dumbbells and I'm trying to do a bench press and I don't get it up. Right. Like doesn't happen. Yeah. Who, who's going to hear about it. Right. Like nobody, it was just like, it was me in the gym. Okay. I'll do better next time. But where the mental problem comes is, you know, you, you have these issues with your sex life and Typically, there's somebody else there that is acutely aware of the, the issue, right? So now, yeah. you know, it's not just, hey, I'm, I'm struggling to overcome this in solitude. No, I'm now struggling to overcome this with somebody else that now is going to have an opinion of me. And then we have to look at society where society is saying, well, you know, their opinion of you matters a lot. Mm -hmm. And then the opinion that they have will probably be told to everybody else in the school or the workplace or, yeah. you know, now we have social media. So it's like, you know, they're going to say my performance was horrible on Twitter. <laughs> Who knows? Right. Um, so that's, 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 a, that's a mental burden that a lot of guys have to overcome. And so that's where, that's where I see it's really difficult for guys because you've got the needing to understand, well, how do I, functionally get the, the the hows and the what's of sex and and understanding my body down so there's there's the the training piece but then there's the i have to go out in the world and also deal with these other people that if i don't perform well are going to now have a negative opinion of me and then now i have to be able to psychologically deal with that internally and that's sort of yeah. the the, the, the part, I mean, the, the analogy I like the most is actually goaltending in hockey because there's no more pressing position that I can think of in sports where all of the, all of the negativity and very little of the glory falls on him. Yeah. And right? I think like, only really, when you think about it. Like, like the, the goalies are not the highest paid, you know, it's not the highest paid position. That's center. No, no, no. Goalies don't get paid the most. They probably get paid the least, but they are the most important. And if they let in a bad goal, everybody hears about it. So mm -hmm. you look at their mental framework, I, the good ones, they let in a goal. They pretend it's zero, zero. It's like that thing didn't happen. You can't let it happen, right? It's like, okay, well, that happened. Okay, whatever back to back to zero zero and we're just pushing forward and mm -hmm. we're saving the next one and you got to look at your sex life the same way too right it's like because there are everybody's going to have a less than stellar day it's how yeah. you deal with the less than stellar day and and some of them there is no rhyme nor reason i can wake up on tuesday and I can, you know, wake up in the morning, I got a super glass cutter, you know, morning wood. And Thursday, I don't. I don't know why. I mean, you know, you'll have these people that are like, Oh, well, because we have fluctuating testosterone levels, yada, yada. 
Yeah. I know guys that are injecting testosterone too and have the same level all day long and their stuff will still be one day it's here, one day it's not. It's yeah. There's so much pseudoscience around it that mm -hmm. I'm not even concerned about it. I'm just saying, hey, understand one day it could be like a level 10 and the next could be a level eight. And we don't know why. Yeah. You know? It's the same thing with your girlfriend. You could be making out with her on Tuesday you, you, and you, you, and you get the psychological hard on it comes on. You're just hard in your pants. Nobody's touching it. And then Thursday it's like, well, it'll get hard, but Hey, somebody needs to be touching, rubbing, interacting with it. Like it's not just magically going to happen. Yeah. And you just have to understand that's, that's how your body works. And you know, whatever shows up, whether you have the psychological one or you need uh, a manual stimulation one that you still got to work with it, what you got at the moment. And that's mm -hmm. how you move forward and have a successful sex life, right? It's like, okay, well, hey, you know what? This isn't working. Call an audible. Like, okay, what's at my disposal right now? How can I work things right now? It seems like the self-awareness is massive in what you're teaching here. Like you talked about earlier when you're actually in having sex with someone and if you're getting to the age or whatever you can think about well what position would make this better what what can i do here to protect myself and even with the if you're not getting it up instead of just worrying about that think about what what are my options here uh from from experience with chatting with people and stuff that they it seems like they feel like they don't have options you have to be glass diamond hard ready to go and for as long as possible until they run out of steam and then you can think about it whereas what you're saying there is your your self-awareness more aware and for, from personal experience i would think if you're more aware then you're more aware of yourself you're more present and the more present you are in sex love making whatever you want to call it the better it is for you and the partner or in your case the 101 partners <laughs> that are there if you're switched on um one of the things that sort of leads me to one of the things that I read about in your book was it's the women decide they have, they make the decision whether it's going to happen, but then men, that's why I always felt, I always felt like I'm going to have sex because a woman agrees and she makes a decision. If she phones me now and says, can we have sex today? I'm there. But once we're in it, it's almost like I'm leading the charge for want of a better term. I'm deciding what we, how we do, what, happens and is that is, am i getting that that right yeah. right yeah yeah 100 yeah could you delve into that a wee bit for us please yeah um yeah it's interesting because this was something that i've noticed time and time again and i really see it to be true through my lens of the way the world works you know if if we were to go to when I, I use the example in the book, but you know, we were to go to a bar, right. And we got, you know, we got some super hot chick and then we just have, you know, any guy and the super hot chick raise her hands and say, Hey man, who wants to fuck me right now? I mean, if she's, <laughs> if she's reasonably good looking, all us guys are like, Hey, yes, over here. Woohoo. Let's do this baby. Right. Like we're on it, man. Yeah. Um, chicks. No, they are there. You, you do the same thing into a room full of them and it's going to be crickets. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Right. And I think a lot of them are, you, we could say some are societal. I think more of them are biological, right. In the standpoint of, okay, like 
let's look at men, 17 times higher testosterone than women. And I'm not saying that women don't like sex. I'm just saying from my experience, they are not, they're not like a drug addicted junkie looking for it. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what testosterone is. I mean, take any, you know, 14, 15 year old when their testosterone's at peak, I mean, they're jerking off five times a day and you, you can't not think about it. Like it's just, yeah. it's overwhelming. And I knew, um, cause I was always into kind of bodybuilding and that stuff. And I knew some girls that had injected testosterone and they would, mm-hmm. they would tell you, they're like, Whoa, I don't know how you guys deal with that. Cause yeah. they would, they were, their mind would be just like, I want to fuck everything that walks right now. Right. Yeah. So it's, a, so it's a little, it's a little different perspective. And then, you know, from, from the, if we go back to the biology, women, there's a lot more that they have to deal with if they make the wrong decision, right? They could be mm-hmm. pregnant. They got, there's a lot of other things that women have to deal with when they're selecting for who the best mate's going to be. And yeah. for guys, that's not what we're really selecting for. We're just like, Hey, you're, you're kind of hot. You turn me on like that, that will get me hard. So women are really the gatekeepers of the decision-making. Yeah. They're going to look at you and they're going to say, okay, David Data said it the best in, in his book, Way of the Superior Man, choose the woman who chooses you. So yes. it's like, you may have 20 girls that have chosen you, you as the man get to select from those 20, mm-hmm. but you don't get to select from the 20,000, right? Yeah. Cause it's sort of reverse like that, you know? And that's why you you'll say, you know, you hear this a lot, but I think it's also very true. You know, women are the gatekeepers to sex. Men are the gatekeepers to relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I agree with that. Yeah. Because, you know, men fundamentally, we want sex. And then if everything else lines up, we're like, yeah, this would make a good relationship. And women are more looking like, Hey, is this going to make a good relationship? Yeah. If all that lines up, okay, we'll have sex. Right. (laughs) So you're you're coming at it from two different perspectives of what our main driver is. So that brings us back to, you know, decisions and actions. So if the woman is, is the decider of sex, the man is completely in control of the act. Mm-hmm. And, and I challenge anybody to tell me that he's not. Because if, you know, if you want penetrative sex, if the guy doesn't get it up, it's not happening. Yeah. If he lasts 20 seconds and you want in 20 minutes, tough break it's not happening right so so right from that starting premise right you know if you if you want the good time he's going to be in charge of it and his ability to control his body is going to be the the paramount driver of the whole sexual interaction so the act of having sex totally up to him right and 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 there's a lot of agency in that for guys right because you know, I've talked to tons of women, right? And, you know, most of them, most of the really feminine women will always say, you know, hey, I may have a corporate job, this, that, but I want to be submissive. I want a man to take me in the bedroom, right? The Mm -hmm. overarching 90 some odd percent of them, that's their wish, right? They want to be submissive in the bedroom and they want somebody that's going to ravish them. And it becomes this, this, this sort of, they're wanting to be lovingly taken, if, if that's the best words I can, I can come up with it. But it even comes from a almost 
student teacher sort of dynamic. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, you can, you can see this a lot with, um, with women, especially older women, you know, they, they would find it's cute to be with a guy that like, you know, if he was a virgin and she had to teach him everything, that's cute. And that's, and that's cool. One time. I I don't think I want to be known as cute whenever I'm in the bedroom. (laughs) Yeah. But, but, but no, I've known women that, you know, they, they they took some kid's virginity. He was like, you know, 18, 19. And they're like, and they're like, oh yeah, it was so awesome. It was so sweet. But for them, it was one time. Like if they had to sit there, tell him what to do every single time. Now, can you do this? Now, can you? They're like, no, total turnoff. Mm-hmm. So I think for guys, what they need to start to understand is that, well, the burden of performance exists. And there's, yeah, you, you can either, you know, run to your basement, run away from it, or you can lean into it and say, okay, you know, this is the way the game is set up and I need to play the game by the game's rules. Mm-hmm. And if those are the rules of the game, where I'm going to be burdened with this performance, then I need to find out how to better my performance because the burden's not going away if I want to step into, you know, sexual relations with women. Yeah. A it's lot of people going away. A lot of people would think that like it's cause they're not with the right person. It would work better if I was with the right person. You're like the right person with the, with no knowledge is still going to create the same scenario for you. So uh, people understand in that, that, that it's there. I need to get better at it. Like if you need to get stronger, you go to the gym and work on things to get stronger. So if you need to get like the idea and it, for every guy that's listening, the idea of um, mass, like you were saying about masturbating as a way of a science experiment, like instead of just coming in from work and jerking off quicker, something the wind blows and you jerk off quick <laughs> you just leave it at that you're not learning anything there you're just reinforcing you're a good wanker but when it comes to everything else you're just not not that good at it um so going back to your book i think everyone should get it male and female i think females i think it's a great perspective for a female to understand how little understanding men have like when you're when you're talking about the clit and I've had this conversation before and, and like whenever you say the statement of the clit gets hard and, and you go to talk on it and like come back what did you say like the quick clit moves it has what <laughs> and to me and again I just think it's from massage and having um being very communication communication communicative with people I notice stuff and I question things is, it, is this a normal thing to happen so I think everyone should read the book in general if you want better sex this makes better life i think um so for say if i was listening to this now and i'm thinking like fuck, i never even knew i these were issues i never even thought that i'm in charge i was just thinking i needed to take control where would you suggest people start to improve obviously buy the book and read the book but after that um how do i start either communicating with myself with my partner with just understanding that it's something I can improve on and there's linear steps to do that. Yeah. So if, if I want, if I was going to tell somebody, okay, well, how could we the best improve your abilities as quickly as possible? You know, it's, it's really, you got two different parts. One is, is the, 
is the knowledge piece, right? So, and you know, that's what I've tried to give guys because sometimes what you learn, quote unquote, as sex education doesn't teach you anything. And this is one of the hallmarks of where the porn business has failed men, right? Because porno is a form of entertainment. It is not education. And I'll use puss eating as a, as a clear example, because you can watch how people do it, you know, and we get forced, forced to do it on the films, right? Because yeah. the camera needs to see it. So it's this horrifically languishing, outstretched, long tongue thing that no woman would ever feel is good. Mm -hmm. But that's what guys see because, well, if we actually do it how it feels good for women, you don't see anything on camera. You're not yeah. going to see anything, right? So you get a lot of guys that they have no proper knowledge on the techniques that work just as their baseline. Yeah. So first, let's, let's get stuff that works. Like, let's, let's have you understand, okay, here are how the positions need to be performed to maximize stimulation for the woman and minimize stimulation for yourself. Because that's when I teach guys, that's one of the, the, the hallmark things that I tell them, right? If you're going into sexual interaction, since the average guy lasts, takes 5.4 minutes to have an orgasm, average woman is 13.7, I believe. So we got a gap there that we need to close. <laughs> Right. And that's yeah. a fairly sizable gap. Right. Yeah. But not you'd have come twice in that stage and she still wouldn't be there. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's very possible. Right. <laughs> so if we just look at that, it's like, okay, well, our first steps need to be we need to maximally stimulate her so we can bring that 13 minutes down because it doesn't mm -hmm. need to be 13. Right. And we need to minimally stimulate ourselves so that we can, instead of it being five minutes or two minutes, it can be 10 minutes. It can be 15 minutes. Now we've closed that gap, right? Because mm -hmm. if she's normally 13, we can bring her down to 10. We can get ourselves up to 12. Hey, now we're ahead. We're in the black, right? Yeah. And it's very easy to do, but it starts with, okay, we, we got to know what, you know, the what's in the house of of our body and the techniques that are going to be most effective. So, you know, that's the first part. It's like, okay, well, we got to have the knowledge. Then we got to have the feedback of the skill sets, right? So it's like, first you got the knowledge, then you got to go out there and you got to apply it to be able to understand the nuances. Like I can teach guys all about what they're supposed to feel with their tongue compass. But again, that's, here's what you're feeling for. Here's what it feels like. Here's what it looks like you still have to go out there and execute, mm -hmm. you know, and get that sensitivity yourself. All I can do is I can shine the light and say, you know what, this sensitivity exists. Here's what it can be like. And then I can also, you know, for my private clients, I send them video footage. I'm like, here's the results of this. So I can, I can show you all of this. I can point you the way, but still at the end of the day, you got to go in there and you need to execute and you need to, you need to start getting these, feelings for yourself. You know, it's no different than, you know, if we're, we're driving a, a car with a clutch, right? You know I mean? I remember when I was 
was 16 and I had to learn. And, you know, someone can tell you, okay, you know what, you put the clutch down, then, you know, you're going to go into first and then you're, you're slowly putting on the gas and you're releasing the clutch. Dude, you're going around the block at first, like, I mean, you're stalling the car left, right and center. Cause you just, you don't know what you're feeling for. You don't know where that sweet spot is between the, the, the clutch and the, and the accelerator. Do it a couple of times though. Now we're getting around the block. Now we're getting somewhere, you know, but the, the knowledge that doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, this is how the car works. This is how the female works. I can tell you how, how she works. I've done all the knowledge any man will ever need to do. (laughs) Yeah. So now it's like, okay, well, we need to just put it in, in, into practice. Right. And then, you know, the, the, the other part is where are you creating as a man? And the reason I say this, and this goes into the bedroom leadership piece and this touches on what you had mentioned earlier. Guys need to understand that within limits, all women are almost the same. That's why when somebody says, you know, well, if I just had a different partner, it would be better. No, it wouldn't be, right? Because I've seen this throughout my career. You could have this woman that was like, an insatiable man eater woman. I've met some of them where they are just on another level. I mean, like you think this girl is going to like rip your soul out while she's having sex with you. Right. But they could only rise to the level of man they were with. Mm -hmm. And I will repeat that. She could only rise to the level of man she was with. So I've seen those same girls that you would say were, utter beasts in the bedroom and they were merely little pussy kittens with the wrong guy that that didn't lead and couldn't create mm-hmm. because they it, it, it's like okay you know hey we have a ferrari here yeah put michael schumacher behind it we're winning f1s if i put your 90 year old grandpa he's driving the thing like a hyundai well, yeah it's a hyundai at that point you have a hyundai you just have a two hundred thousand dollar hyundai yeah and, and women are no different. So from that perspective, you can create that porn star experience or you could create whatever experience with any woman, but it's how are you creating it? That comes back to, again, the fact that, you know, from, from the act, the guy has to create the magic. He is in charge of that. And, and that's where he needs to lead the sexual interaction rather than just waiting for the, you know, the, the gods to suddenly bestow this magical sexual, you know, either abilities or this sexual moment, or this girl's going to be, these, you know, do these crazy things. She'll do crazy things, but you got to push the scenario in that direction. And most of the time, the guys that want the crazy things to happen, that want the cheerleader or the porn star, they couldn't handle the cheerleader or the yeah, porn star. Yeah, it's they... a whole different level. <laughs> it's a whole different level. Right. Uh, Surely the the fact that men know they can be in charge and they can lead and they can change positions, would that take pressure off someone that does have either premature ejaculation or not even premature, but just goes fast because they know, well, I don't need to do a long porn stroke. I can keep it in there and have no tip action so that I can prolong or I can move the position to a position that I know is a position that isn't going to make me pop like does that what in your experience does it come across when people learn that learn that that they're they can lead and they well men should lead 
Well, what I've noticed, and, and I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying, the thing that I've noticed is most guys, they don't seem to notice or they haven't, they haven't yet learned that they have all those options at their disposal. Yeah. Like I've worked with a lot of guys where I'll say, okay, and they'll have a premature ejaculation issue. And I'll, first thing I say is, okay, well, which positions have you tested them in? Well, what do you mean? There is always going to be a position that feels worse than the others. So mm-hmm. I'll tell them, I'll say, okay, here's a little experiment. You know, if you have your wife or significant other, start each time and just, and just mark it, you know, like we're going to the gym, we're just creating metrics. Okay. So on Monday, we're doing missionary start with that position, but you know what? Tuesday, let's start with spoon mm. Wednesday. Let's start with doggy Thursday. Let's do a life lap doggy, you know, Friday. Let's try cowgirl and time it. See how long you last, because I guarantee you, you're going to find one of those that is a couple of minutes longer than the others because it just doesn't hit the same spots, mm-hmm. you know? Right there, we've gained a couple of minutes. Okay, well, now how could we start applying this to the rest of our sex life, right? You know, how does this give us new control? How does this allow us to now um, move into different positions and understand, you know what? Oh, I'm feeling sensitive, but if I were to go back to that other position, I can now take myself from a level 9.5 back down to a seven. I can maintain a seven for maybe another five minutes. I could start to desensitize my body. Now I could go back to that first position that was giving me trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you know, most guys get so zeroed in, you know, they get in and they go, you know, missionary position and that's all their focus is. And then they're in their mind. They're like, well, okay, I'm just going to, you know, brute force my way through this, which yeah. doesn't happen. It's yeah. like, okay, th- th- clearly that's not working because if it was working, you wouldn't be having these problems. Yeah, and the fear probably as well of coming early is already there before they start. And another reason to get your book is because they can learn how to go down on their significant other to make up for it. So we're finished here, but we'll do this whilst I recharge. Yeah, well, again, and what's the amazing thing about that? It it removes the albatross of performance from around your neck. Yeah. I have never in all my time met a woman that didn't give a guy a second chance if, if he got her off multiple times. Yeah. Right. Like free hall pass. You're good. And it's okay. Right. Men seem to think that you have to, it has to be the deck that does the work. Like going down is all well and good, but it's only to lead to the deck. And, and then that's supposed to be the magic wand that fucking sorts everything. But, uh, I would agree with you there that if you're if you have someone that like a, a male that can pleasure of a female multiple times, it would make no sense not to give them another shot. Like why wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, and and what people don't understand either is you know I I talk about it when I talk about the the lock and key theory that I have where you know you're gonna have different different pussies you know because I I talk about the four different types in the book. And you're going to have different dicks that, that just do work together. And I've talked to lots of women about this. And I said, you know, if we were to just take guys irrespective of skill set, and we just had different shaped penises of, you know, this one's curved this way, this is like this, like one of those is going to feel better than any of the others. And they're like, absolutely. Yep. There's, there's one that just 
for me, and it's not going to be the same one for everyone, right? So again, we're finding where is this lock fitting in this key? But in that case, so could there be, you know, the girl who can never seem to get off with penile penetration? Could there be a guy? Yeah, maybe, right? But that doesn't mean that you can't be the guy that gets her off with your tongue and you get her off all these other ways, rather than being like, oh, I've failed as a man because of a biological limitation. I mean, you know what? I can't play basketball because I'm I'm five foot ten. I'm not seven feet tall. Have I failed as a man because I'm not seven feet tall to play basketball? Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm playing that... a different game, right? Like it's like yeah. okay. People people will put the like you're saying things you can't do anything about it, and they'll be like, how do I how do I improve how do I improve my cock? Is there a pill? Is there something rather than how do I improve my skill? Because yeah. I remember after like LimeWire came out and you can actually download porn and stuff and it wasn't just the dial-up. And then you're seeing like all these supplements and all these pumps and how to blow a bigger load and all this madness. And you're like, is this really what's... If I was shite in bed, but I flooded her would come, would that would, would that win it over? I don't think that's going to do anything good. Oh, no. all, all, that's, all those are scams anyways. People just trying to take your money. None of that stuff exists or works. Uh, yeah, but again... Why, why do you think it is, and it's just fundamental, even outside the bedroom, but people are always looking for the shiny, fast object rather than, like even we were talking about um, testosterone earlier, people who want the quick fix will inject testosterone to get bigger muscles, and you're like, it doesn't make you function any better. It's like, So why do you think people, because I know you've done NLP and stuff, and you're working, like we talked just off the call, and you were saying that guys come to you and they think that's one problem. And then when you start to talk to them, you're like, they don't know what they don't know. So they end up yeah. working on other things. Have you noticed it? Like, like, is it something that's, I find it's everywhere where people are always looking for, how do I get bigger? How do I stay harder? How do I do this? How do like, they're always looking for the shiny object. Do you find it hard to teach them to go to just learn the techniques, learn the techniques. And then it won't matter if you're, the biggest wang ever or the smallest, like you'll have this technique and. Yeah. So this is, this is really sort of fundamental. I think to part of it is just the experience of man, I think. Um, and then part of it is the delusion of man. So when I think about the experience of man, it's like, okay, men throughout history have always been, you know, it's bigger, stronger, faster, right? Like we're always looking, how do we improve? How do we improve? How do we get 1% better? How can we do this, do that? So that's sort of, you know, on that perspective, the delusion of man is that in the bedroom, certain things matter, right? Like, oh, my dick size totally matters. Okay, there is a point where it will. I mean, if you got a micro micro penis, like, you know, that's going to be a little tough, right? Like we're packing under three or, you know, two or three inches. Mm, it's, it's a harder go. It's a harder go. And that's just, you know, that's just how it is. I mean, we're just talking biology there, but if you're, if you're packing standard issue, um, it's really all about technique. I mean, I've seen, I mean, I've performed beside guys with the most monstrous dicks you've ever seen in your life right where you're like how is that thing real i mean and it is right um but the girls aren't having any better time 
you you get most of them where they're 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 cringing and they're like oh god they're they're you know i mean they're actresses and they're taking it for the team but they're like oh it's not working right and and those guys just because it's big doesn't mean that they have the tech because technique of getting a girl off is completely different um you look at just look at the old school ufc fights god you'd have like some bruising 300 pound massive guy and you get this little 150 pound jujitsu guy chokes him out it's like size didn't help there did it yeah it was all technique so technique is 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 always the thing that's going to trump size i mean the only time that where you can have them sort of overlap each other it's like okay well now if you've got masterful technique and then you happen to be blessed with you know above average size well i mean that's the same thing like if you you get some super trained you know jujitsu guy that's 220 pounds well he's probably going to kill everybody because he's got the strength he's got this he's got everything in his yeah in his back pocket but you know if we're talking about functionality and and what works um it's it's really technique and it's funny because we we go back to our times when we're in, in middle school and high school and all that. And it was probably the same for you. Like I remember clear as day um, being in biology class and I think it was grade 11, grade 10 or grade 11. And somebody started comparing dick sizes. Right. Yeah. And I mean, they're just throwing out these lofty numbers where <laughs> I've been in porno now for, you know, half my life. And I'm listening to this, like, you know, the guy's like, oh yeah, well, I, I got eight inches. And the other guy's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm holding nine. Oh, I got, I got 10 over here. But I'm like, man, like, where are you, where are you measuring from your asshole? you the back of your spine. Like, where are you getting these numbers from? Right? <laughs> so I've, I've seen what legit looks like. And, uh, yeah. and it's not that certainly not even that common in porno to be having that size. So it's, it's funny that like, all those conversations would happen in school and like even the pissing contest who can piss the highest up the wall i remember chatting to women when the, it was normal to me and then because we had toilets outside in our, in our primary school and then when you say that out loud they're like you did what i thought that was just a saying and you're like no we did have piss, literal pissing competitions but you went the extra mile and actually like when we talk about like i'm 10 inches and i can go for a fucking seven hours and i write everyone and i'm in class like you actually legitimately could say what size you are and, and how long you can go and what you can do and everything like living the schoolboy dream as it were um which is quite funny um yeah yeah but but it was but it was also something else that i learned just coming back to the psychology of things right there was um there was a certain psychology that i've noticed with all the guys who were top of the top porno actors and they were probably all doing it unconsciously but it, it's something that i've noticed time and time again is that the best actors i've ever seen never bragged and that's that's sort of a key distinction there it's like and i think you probably see it in every aspect of your life but you really do see it when it comes to sex it's like the, the people that aren't you know, trying to, you know, cause there's fake confidence. Like I'm going to be confident today. I'm going to, yeah. who, who cares? Right. Like, like I, the, the guys that were the top of the top that I've known, they would never be on set saying I'm the best I'm this. No, no, they were quiet. 
It's just, you know, hey, when it's time to pull it out, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get it done. Yeah. And that was it. Like, you know, that inner total belief, total belief in themselves. Mm-hmm. And that was it. But there was no bragging. Every time I saw somebody and I've witnessed this and it's happened so many times I could see the train wreck happening before it would happen. I remember one time, you know, I was on this set and there was this, there was this new guy and he was just chirping like you wouldn't believe. And he was like, Oh man, wait till you see my big dick. As soon as I get it hard, I'm going to, everybody's going to be blown away. And he's just talking, 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 talking. Sure enough. Now it's go time, right? Mm-hmm. never got one ounce not one drop of blood entered into that thing right and the whole yeah. time he's he's trying to get the blood he's like just just you wait just you wait till i get it like it's gonna be <laughs> magic i'm like all right buddy like like show us the magic here right and i've seen it time and time again so you know it comes back to that well you have to have that irrational belief in yourself and you also have to have the calm and that real inner confidence, because that's what's going to keep you at an even keel and keep your adrenaline from spiking and, and all this stuff. Like th- mm-hmm. that's being in the moment, being in yeah. the moment and being present is okay. What's here in front of me? What am I doing right now? What can I create? Not future pacing, like, oh, just you wait what I'm going to do. <laughs> well, you haven't done anything yet. Yeah. Let's anybody can focus. do that. Yeah. Let's focus on what you're doing now. Yeah. And, that, that idea of having that inner confidence sort of reminds me, like I would teach people to do how to talk on stage and stuff. And the way you were describing your first experience, you probably didn't know mentally that there was such thing as performance anxiety or people who have trouble getting it up. Like you're 21 and they're like, here's a hot woman. Do you want to have sex with her now? And we'll video it. And you're 21 year olds like, yes. <laughs> I had sex with the wind yesterday, so I'm fucking, I'm ready for a woman today. And you would get that in all aspects of life everywhere. Like the the people, I've seen it at talks, I've seen it at gigs and stuff. The ones that are backstage talking all the shit, what they're going to do, and they're going to blow everything away in there. It's their way of trying to deal with their own anxieties. And then they don't, obviously it doesn't work and they get on stage and they, and they, they bomb. Whereas you're having that inner confidence and self-belief and, professionalism really where you know you've at the end of the day you're not you're there for a job you have a job to do in this and like you said earlier you'll go to any extreme to get to get this job done um i just i'm very cautious of your time there i could speak to you forever um for anyone that wants to reach out to you and find you where uh, where's the best place to get you well the the best places is um them to go to ericeverhard.com. That's where I have all my different coaching programs. I have my 12-week one-to-one sexual mastery experience where I go do one-on-one coaching through a whole structured curriculum. And I take all the guys through everything that I learned over the last 24 years at this point um, to be the best in the world. So I have that. And then they can also reach out to me at uh, crushingperformanceanxiety.com. Uh, because that's where I teach guys, hey, here's how you can get hard in any situation. You can use the strategies and the tools that I've used to be able to overcome 
the craziest things, I mean, actually, the, this is a funny aside, but the, the most anxiety inducing thing I ever did, which I use because I videotaped it, I use it as a teaching tool for guys, is where I had uh, sex in the town square of Budapest at high noon with tourists and police watching across the street. That was not an easy day. <laughs> that sounds hectic, yeah. And, um, but I use it from the perspective of, okay, I was filled with anxiety. Here's exactly the steps. And you can see as I work through it in real time, I'm like, here's what I was doing. You know, this principle that I talk about, here's where I'm, you can see me using it. And here's all the different steps where I was like, okay, all these things need to come together. And then next thing I'm at their, their version of their monument having sex in, until I got arrested. But that's a whole separate aside. <laughs> <laughs> trying to close the podcast and you throw out a crazy story like that it's like just reminded me of the movie crank whenever i was thinking they stole that from your life uh so when i get you back we can delve into your arrest and boot it we, even, we can delve deep we can delve even deep. No i can just intended. put you in the in the prison and people are like what are you in for what are you in for? what sorry what did you what did that man say come back again what were you fucking doing but i love that you had like again we said that's at the start you could go to Cosmopolitan, it'll give you 10 ways to woo your woman or, or whatever, and you'll it'll not get you anywhere. You've you've done it. But the fact that when you come to you and be taught it, you're getting to watch, this is me doing the technique. This is when I do this, which is massive compared to like someone who thinks they're a Jack the Lad and they're like this. Well, whenever this happens, I just do this thing and they just tell you something made up. You're able to actually pinpoint show this is the exact moment where I'm thinking this, and this is when I'm using this technique. And so um, that's for anyone that is listening with performance anxiety or just wants to be better. Like that's, you're not going to get any, you're not going to learn anything like that anywhere else. Like I love that you put it across that the porn is you're forced to do some of the things for angles there. It's people forget, seem to forget that it's entertainment. Like you said, it's not mm -hmm. education and they do like, I come wild fast. What are you doing? I do them big long strokes. And you're like, well, probably because you're doing the big long strokes, but that's what yeah. Eric does in his porn video. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will you link everything to. below so that they can find you. Is your, where, where can they get your book as well to start them? Uh, they can find the book on uh, Amazon and actually I'm going to be, um, re-releasing that along with, um, a new book due in about, four months. I have a new book coming out um, uh, that uh, is very specific around um, the pussy eating and how to do that effectively. Um, so I'll have both of those and, and those will be available on ericavard.com as well. Awesome. So that's a good excuse to get you back then whenever this Yes. Oh yeah. Out. That's a, that's a good one that. too. A good um, one. Brilliant. Uh, Eric, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I love the conversation and could have kept it going. I know a lot of listeners will get something for it, uh, from it and they can reach out to you. They can reach out to me as well. So uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on. Thank you. Appreciate it. Welcome. And for everyone else, have a super awesome day, whatever you get up to. And I will speak to you again soon.